This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. You know, for all the dogs and cats, uh, at least just those two, that I've run into over my life, Kells, I don't think I've met any with extra toes. Have you? Uh, not to my knowledge, but I'm not really dropping onto my knees. And one, two, three. Yeah. But don't you think but it'd be like a quirky so. piece I mean, of thing people would share uh, for conversation? No, but they get used to it, right? Unless yeah, I happen to be true. there when it was discovered. Hey, let's talk. Hey, look at the extra toe. And that was the new thing they liked. Here, here, shake paw with him. Uh, see? Extra toe. Yeah, I don't even think you'd necessarily notice unless somebody points no, it out. No, I don't think so. People aren't really counting toes. So you stepped on that sixth toe and it's... <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Or then they're wearing booties, but it only accommodates, you know, yes. minus one toe. But, but I was thinking about that with that nail thing because dogs are drop, jumping around and yes, stuff like that yes. and sliding. Mm-hmm. I think a little more. I mean, cats run, certainly, but do they slide as much? You know, like they're hmm. sliding into home base? True. They yeah, do have a I better vertical. They're more accurate yeah. with their jumping. Yes, for sure. But the, And then climbing up and snapping. Uh-oh. So I, I guess I can understand the concerns. Folks, let's chat about the world of health and wellness with Francis Wong. Hello, I'm Frances Wong, and I invite you to join me as we explore topics of health and wellness so that you can make the best choices for you to live an informed and radiant life. What a discovery, Frances. Ah, that time of the year where it's so easy to overindulge. And what comes often with overeating, aside from a lot of moaning and groaning, can be indigestion, Heartburn, one of those fun things. And people often seem to use the term heartburn and acid reflex interchangeably. So today we're going to talk about some of those specifics with you and ways we can minimize it happening to us using terms interchangeably. Um, Question here, why don't we start as the best place to start with the basics on this? What is indigestion? So people actually use acid reflux, indigestion, heartburn, anger interchangeably. And I thought it would be interesting to do a deeper dive to kind of clear up any lingering confusion over mm-hmm. these terms. Right. So, you know, sometimes when you eat something and it just doesn't go down well or set well in your stomach, you can get a combination of symptoms ranging from pain in your abdomen and chest to feelings of bloating, burping, nausea, or feeling too full after eating. Well, that's indigestion. And like dementia, it's an umbrella term. So it's not one specific symptom, but a group Mm. of them. You might also hear someone use the technical term of dyspepsia and more generally an upset stomach and both also refer to indigestion. So let me ask you to take a guess as to how common indigestion is. And I'll give you a hint. It's pretty common. Hey, I was going to say, and I, I always overguess so. with these things, but I'm going to say like 70% of us. I'll go, I'll go 80% because a lot of Wait, us are time we Wait, are we supposed we to guess percentile? Fast. Percent is fine. Oh. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say 80% it's actually, of us. Okay, so you guys are both like overestimating <laughs> by a lot. It's actually one in four people like in the you U.S. It's so. pretty common. Okay. Yeah, it is pretty. 25. Yeah, I okay. think it's pretty common. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I, I guess so, I look at it because so many people we gulp down stuff. And yeah, get whatever, we just like you said, and that's so where, much. Well, it, or just too quickly. Yeah, and that's again, true too. that comes into our confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I guess when you think about it, it is really easy to overeat. Uh, we've got an abundance of food around us. If you can overlook the soaring prices of groceries, and we've got all these food delivery apps ready to satisfy any cravings that we have at a moment's notice. So it's really not that surprising that mm. more people don't get it. So doctors who see patients with indigestion complaints diagnose about three out of four with functional dyspepsia, which is chronic indigestion without a health problem or digestive tract issues such as a peptic ulcer disease or gastritis. So again, indigestion is not a disease, but can point to certain digestive tract diseases or conditions. And I, what I think is important to note is that indigestion is not always related to eating. Oh, interesting. Mm. Okay, so you've given us the overview of what indigestion encompasses. How about acid reflux? How does it differ from heartburn and or is it the same? Okay, so now these are very similar terms, but there is a difference. So acid reflux is what happens when our esophagus muscles are weak. When we swallow um, food or liquids, the lower esoph esophageal sphincter at the bottom of the esophagus opens up to allow food to pass through. It's supposed to be closed otherwise. This becomes a problem if that valve does not close back all the way. So what happens, as you can guess, is that food, acid, and digestive juices flow backwards up the esophagus, oh, and this process itself is known as acid reflux. And then heartburn is a symptom of acid reflux, and that is where someone may be feeling that painful burning sensation in the chest or throat caused by stomach acid traveling up towards the throat. And now there's also something called GERD, which stands for gastroesophageal uh, reflux disease. And it is when the contents of your stomach come up through the esophagus, so very much acid reflux, but it's also often paired with regurgitation. So GERD is more of a sustained or chronic state of reflux and occurs two or more times a week. And you might be wondering if there's anything we can do physically about this. And I'm here to tell you that you are in luck. So unfortunately, heartburn worsens as we get older because our muscles weaken as we age. Right. And according to one doctor, muscle mass decreases by 8% per decade after the age of 30. That works out to almost 1% a year. And that's a good enough reason in my books to start or keep up any exercise routine. There are two main muscle groups that separate the stomach acid in our stomach from our esophagus. And these are the lower esophageal sphincter or the LES muscles that I mentioned earlier and our diaphragm. Now we cannot control the sphincter muscles since these are involuntary, but just like we can do Kegel exercises to train our pelvic floor, there are actually diaphragmatic breathing exercises ah, yeah. that you can do to strengthen your diaphragm. The International Foundation for Gastrointestinal Disorders believes that if your diaphragm isn't strong enough, it can keep these LES muscles from functioning optimally. Right. Singers Makes and yeah, yeah, theater yeah. dogs rejoice. Yep. Oh, that's the thing. Get tightening, get uh, doing those exercises. Can you talk a little bit about the aphromatic breathing and how someone can practice this? Yeah, I love this question, Kelly, because diaphragmatic breathing is also called deep breathing mm. or belly breathing, which is something that we practice in yoga. Yep. And it's pretty simple um, that you can do almost anywhere. So you can find a place to sit and allow your eyes to close. And then as you breathe, you notice your belly expanding. And the idea is that we are not just breathing into the upper part of our chest. It's full body breathing. Right. So you breathe in slowly through your nose, taking a few seconds, say like up to four to complete that inhale. Then you hold the breath for a couple of seconds before you release the breath through a longer exhale, say six seconds. And then the exhale can be through the nose or the mouth. And you want to pay attention to your belly as it's deflating. 
And then you repeat the cycle starting with a couple minutes every day and then work your way up to 15 minutes. This practice not only helps strengthen your diaphragm, but you may notice yourself feeling a lot calmer after the practice as well. Yes. I bet. Wow, and I bet. When we were like consciously teaching people how to do uh, belly breathing, it's like we're used to our shoulders going up and down, but you want your belly to be uh, expanding and contracting instead, right? Like kind of to compare. So you yes. mentioned uh, earlier, you left us on a bit of a cliffhanger saying that indigestion not is not always related to eating. What are some of the other reasons why we might get indigestion? And I'm a little bit scared to know. <laughs> You don't need to worry too much. Okay. Um, so food and drink are definitely ca possible causes of indigestion, especially if you're drinking too many alcoholic beverages or caffeinated drinks or even carbonated drinks, which we also know now is not great for our teeth. And you can get indigestion if you're eating spicy, fatty, or greasy foods, or if you're eating too fast, or as I mentioned, it is the holiday season. So if you're eating too much foods or foods that contain a lot of acid, hello, acid reflux, like tomatoes. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, coffee and chocolate can also be triggers, but non-food and drink issues that can cause indigestion include stress. So is that really a surprise? We've talked about that whole gut connection with the brain last time, and we want to work on lowering or managing our stress levels for many reasons, including this one. Other causes of indigestion, including smoke, smoking, um, include smoking or even certain medications. Many people, um, yeah, Mm. Okay, that's so really that's a lot of... Friend. Oh my gosh, a lot to take in there, but a lot of different places and ways. Like I I think right off the bat, eating yeah. fast, coffee, of course, because I love my coffee. But there's so many things you can see there. I mean, I mean I've even noticed, oh, I like you know food with garlic, right? If I have meat with garlic, but if I have, just to get to a certain point, I start getting the hiccups mm. and know, uh-oh, whether you're eating too fast or something. Many people will reach for Tums or Rolaids to treat it. Are there any natural remedies we can use? Yes. So for people who prefer not to take or rely on over-the-counter medicine or to avoid side effects of medication, there are some things that you've probably already got lying around at home that you can try first. Peppermint oil and leaves are shown to relieve gas, bloating, and indigestion. So peppermint tea is a nice drink to have after a meal. And chamomile tea is also good for um, re relaxing and aiding indigestion. And fennel seeds. If you've ever been to an Indian restaurant, you'll notice that they have these little dishes of sugar-coated fennel seeds. This is often used not only as a palate cleanser and to freshen your breath, but it's also to help with the digestion at the end of your meal. And then two other home remedies I'll talk about. One is apple cider vinegar. This can be uh, diluted mm -hmm. in a little bit of water and taken. And people have reported that it can help relieve acid reflux symptoms. The other home remedy is not even only um, cheap, but easier than going out and buying Tums, and that is baking soda. The sodium bicarbonate in baking soda neutralizes stomach acid, and that can temporarily relieve symptoms of acid reflux. For adults, you can take half a teaspoon in four ounces of water, and this can be repeated in two hours. Again, this is only meant to provide short-term relief, and it's not a long-term solution. If you're suffering from indigestion on a chronic basis, then it's definitely recommended that you go and seek out your family doctor just to rule out any other possible causes. But for a happy gut and hopefully minimal indigestion, you're now armed with how to approach the holiday festivities and meals. Mm. And wow. I guess if so you're taking 
Yeah, definitely. And I guess if you're taking any of the over-counter stuff regularly enough, you should probably think of shifting over to some of the home remedies anyway, right, Francis? Like, once in a while or if you're if facing symptoms very irregularly, that's one thing. But if you are if you know that these are things that you're living with or you know that uh, food's affecting you in these ways, uh, yeah, it's still an afterthought, but nonetheless, natural. Yes, um, it is. If you are finding yourself taking it or having to rely on these more than twice a week and right. it's on a regular basis, then that's definitely a time to go and get that checked out. That's not really normal for anyone to be having to rely on it. And you don't want well, to have to rely on that anyway. And especially, again, some of these things you're saying, I sit here and think, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because we all talk about, oh, yeah, I used to really be able to tolerate that. And right. P, it's some of that exercise, breathing, working on that, a little bit of the baking soda for the temporary. I remember that being a huge thing. I think when they, in this, when I was a kid, I think that was one of the marketing things they would say when selling baking soda, not just put it in your fridge to eat up odors, but if you have a sick stomach, you know, it was just one of those mm -hmm. things that the old remedies. But when you think, about as time goes on at that 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 eight percent a decade really comes true for the things you you know say to people yeah i used to eat those hot spicy wings but oh I no 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 i was just can't, thinking can't the same thing yeah like yeah. the muscles and it being you know physiologically explained this way francis makes a huge difference because exactly you think like oh i can't tolerate what i used to anymore but it makes perfect sense if we're losing i, I never used to hic hiccup yeah never i mean like francis i'm talking six seven times a year and that was moons ago, but and only in the last five, six, oh, gee, I hiccup a little more than I used to. So I, this is just wonderful to know all this. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Francis Wong joining us on the program. We talk every two weeks with Francis opposite our nutrition segment with Julia Karanchis, and we talk health and wellness on the program. We're learning about a cool initiative. There's one spot in Calgary, one in Toronto. It's called the Lil E Coffee Cafe, and it's an inclusive cafe that offers meaningful employment to people with cognitive disabilities. So we got two guests coming up that are gonna tell us all about this place. We'll be right back. It's Kelly and Ramya. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.